What is going on, everybody? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out the NL Central preview here on the Bullpen Card Podcast, presented by Thunderblogsports.com, the namesake of the Bullpen Card Podcast feed. It is myself and Jared Barnes breaking down the National League Central Division as we are making our way through the 2021 previews. We are four days away. Thursday is opening day. Dropping this on Monday, so three days, technically. We go through all five teams. We do our predictions. We do our fantasy draft. You know the deal at this point. It was a blast. Let us know what you think in the comments. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast, especially with the season about to start. The Bullpen Card on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. ThunderBLG is the handle on Twitter, Thunderblog Sports on Instagram, the Bullpen Card Podcast group on Facebook, but enjoy the episode. Let us know what you think. Join all the socials. And here we go. Welcome to this episode of the Bullpen Card Podcast presented by ThunderboxSports.com, the namesake bullpen card podcast feed i of course am the g-man jordy cannell joining me as he does every year for the national league central preview that is what we're covering today it is mr jared barnes jared how are you my friend jordy my friend my neighbor my teammate my secret lover (laughs) long time no podcast how are you I'm good, man. You know, wrapping up the weekend, starting to rain yep. right in our little neck of the woods. And, uh, you know, it was warm weather this weekend. Got out, played some golf, went and got my final Likewise. suit fitting for the wedding. And, you know, just excited. We're four days away from baseball and life can't be better. I mean, have we figured out uh, which of the national broadcasts are covering the wedding? It's like like the royal wedding all over again, but for us here in Philadelphia. So I just want to make sure that we. I heard Oprah's oh. making a surprise visit. I don't don't let her start asking questions. We know what happens, but I digress. Um, <laughs> it, it's it's definitely one of those where we're getting into a time. I think the last time we potted was way too long ago. I think last July, and you know we we it was kind of an up and down podcast because what was going on. But the, you know, the, unfortunately, the pandemic is still happening. You know, there's there's light at the end of the tunnel. There there's hope on the horizon. We're getting back to sporting events. We're playing sports outside again. You know, we're getting to a better place. So we're really into that. You know, it's a rebirth right now. So I'm, I'm excited to see what happens. I'm excited to talk about the baseball season and also to see what the hell is going to happen in the NL Central this year. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think um, no, you're right. The last time you came over here, it was during the hockey playoffs. Yeah. The baseball had yeah. started. That's right. So, yeah, either, yeah. I forgot so, about that. You know, Alzheimer's runs in the family, no, so it doesn't surprise but, me. No, you're right. It ha- it does not feel like it's been that long. Uh, crazy how time flies when you're stuck inside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But regardless, if you're new here to the bullpen cart and our division previews, firstly, welcome. Secondly, this is our fifth one we've done. We've done, so far, the NL and AL West, the AL Central, and the NLE, so this is our last National League podcast. We also did a special Yankees preview, which we're hoping to do with other teams. I definitely want to try to get the Phillies one in. A Mets one would be fun since I have a number of Mets friends. 
But what we do, we Jordy, go let me let me stop you. Here's the Pirates preview. They're going to finish dead fucking last in the division again. There you go. There's your preview. <laughs> Bonus right there. Oh, I love it. Well, we're going to go through each of the five teams, including the Pirates. We're going to go by city or alphabetically by city. So Cubs, mm-hmm. Reds, mm-hmm. Brewers, Pirates, Cardinals. We'll talk a little more than just Jared's preview mm-hmm. right there. But then we'll do predictions. Mm-hmm. We just heard Jared's one for one team. Then we do the Mike Clark fantasy draft, named after our good friend mm-hmm. Mike Clark, who may or may not be appearing on Tuesday when we do the American League East. But Jared, this should be a lot of fun. Obviously, there mm-hmm. were some bigger moves that were made. There were some interesting moves that were made. So let's drive, dive right into it and jive through it, I guess, with the Chicago Cubs, a team that comes in having made a you know a few moves there, and uh, mm-hmm. you know they brought back an old friend and. They saw yeah. a couple others leave. Jared, when you see the Cubs, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Well, let's let's do I don't I you know, I really haven't been able to listen to everything else with the craziness going on, but let's tease the people to what happened last year. So the Cubbies won the division with a 34 and 26 record. Next you had the Cards, who were 30 and 28. You had the Reds who were 31 and 29, the Brew Crew who were nine or 29 and 31. And I teased it, but the Pirates were 1941, and I forget how many of a like a freaking in our last four games we went or ten games we went four and six, so we were high on the hog. Um, but you know, with the Cubs, it, it's really interesting to see where they're going to be at this year. You know, bringing back Arietta, you know, getting rid of other big names pitching wise like you Darvish, you know, with going to the the Padres. And then other big announcements. I mean, having uh, Boog Shambi as their replacement now for the play-by-play um, on the television side. You know, Len Casper went over to the White Sox. You know, it, it's definitely going to be a different season for the Cubs. And you also have, you know, with with the manager coming in, David Ross, in his second season in a talented roster, the sky could be the limit. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. You mentioned it, kind of an overhaul with a little bit of the pitching. Arietta, who obviously – just spent the last three seasons in Philly, was mm-hmm. plagued with injuries. So you you got to wonder what's going to come there. Yep. Um, and, you know, you, you bring back a lot of the same guys in the bullpen. Kimbrell's still hanging out there. Mm-hmm. He's off few of their fielders head out. And obviously there's the yeah. elephant in the room of the Chris Bryant trade. And Correct. Whether or not that's going to happen, whether or not it's all but certain that it's the Mets. I mean, it's it's – it's a very wide band. I'll put it that way. The floor and a ceiling, which I think is interesting. And it should be fun to see where this goes. Obviously, you know, there's a certain team that made a big splash this offseason that we'll mm-hmm. get to much later down the line. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. The Cubs, you know, they were they bring back a number of these names that are there. And and it should be pretty, uh, pretty fun to see. Now, you mentioned the pitching staff, which yeah. is going to be, I feel like, their weakness but they'll, mm-hmm. I don't know, they, they could still maybe surprise people. It certainly has been an up and down form over the last couple of years. And it, and it has been, especially with all the, the BS Kimbrel pulled over the last few years, you know, holding out and then, oh, I'm going to be your closer and then sucking eggs to quote Ren and Stimpy. Um, it, you know, you, you look at the rotation that's projected right now, Kyle Hendricks, who was a stud last Absolute year. Um, and then Arietta is your number two. Kyle Davies, who I saw maybe one or twice with watching games, then Adbert, Azale, or Al Azale, and then Alex Mills. You know, two of the five, you know, it's not when they were uh, the aces back in the day, uh, you know, with Kerry Wood and, and that group that they had there, um, and Zambrano. 
And who was their other guy who's now their pitching coach? Um, who kind of looks like Cal Hendricks. Uh, I'm blanking. Ryan Dempster? Blanking. No, it was not Dempster. We'll get this up no. now to get an answer. But Dempster, Dempster was part of it was a part of that, you know, towards the end and whatnot. You know, and, and Dempster and, is who they traded to get Kyle the, Hendricks. That's like one of my favorite fun facts. Oh, nice. Didn't I did not know that. Yeah. I mean, really, really looking at the bullpen, nothing to sneeze at. Um but I, what you really have to say when you come at come at it, Contreras is gonna have a good season as a catcher. You know, Rizzo, he's just he's become that just that solid first baseman they had as long as his injury status stays low. Javier Baez with all his flair and everything that he has going on at shortstop. I mean, bringing Jock Peterson in, you know, him signing this year to play left field, I think that's great. You have Nico Horner playing second. Um, I thought he was the captain of the Devils, but I guess that's not the case for anybody <laughs> that listens to our, our Blue Line podcast. Uh, you, you know, it's 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 really one of those. And, and to your point as well, Chris Bryant, what's going to go on there? Is he not happy in Chicago? Is it, is it a power play for money? Who knows what it could be? Yeah, it's it's going to be really interesting. I think he, you know, I'm pretty sure he's a Boris client. So there's obviously that elephant in the room there. But mm-hmm. you know, if it ends up being the Mets, certainly they have the money that they want to spend and, and everything that Steve Cohen has yeah. done and, and everything there and and apparently they have the prospects to do it. I'm not as mm-hmm. plugged into that sort of wire right. as, as I once was, but you know, you mentioned it. It's a number of different options that they can do. You mentioned Horner, you mentioned, mm-hmm. you know, all these different guys that probably can be a little bit plug and play. David Bote is still on their bench who they probably, I feel like that's, it may be more of a platoon uh, and see how they go there of how everything's going to go. They have Austin Romine. They have a number mm-hmm. of guys that are, you know, in the system and, can, yeah. can figure out how to do this. You mentioned the bullpen, though, and I feel like as big of a question mark as the rotation is, you know, each of them in their own right has had their own moments of excellence, whether or not mm-hmm. a single one like Mills' no-hitter last year or Arietta yep. having those two years before he left Chicago of just, you know, excellence that really quickly went away after the World Series. But the bullpen mm-hmm. is, I don't know, I feel like that's going to what's make or break this team of just yeah. whatever happens. Cause there's certainly injuries abound that can and may happen. I don't want to say will happen. Cause I don't like being negative on that sense, Yeah, but you have to wonder that if somebody goes down and, and something happens, who is going to do what for this team? Brandon workman joins the rotate or not the rotation, the, the staff to help out there. Yep. And, and you're going to have to see what happens. It'll be very interesting. Well, and you know that all too well as a Philadelphia Phillies fan. You know, you can have all the firepower in the world, but if you don't have a bullpen, forget it. I mean, yeah, forget it. It's 100% right. Forget it. Yeah, so it's, I feel like that's the biggest question there. And Mm -hmm. obviously, in a weird season where, you know, they may or may not be a playoff competitor, they won the division last year, for Christ's sake. The fact that there is some sort of, trepidation from your third baseman mm-hmm. simply over money and everything that's happened throughout his career with what happened in 2015 with the service years harvesting. And he won that ar- that battle, you know, whatever ends up happening with this team, I feel like is going to be, I don't know. It, it's, it's one of those things of it's exciting to see that they did so well and that they won their yep. division when a Cardinals team looked really good. The Brewers were kind of up in the air. You know, we said this in the, 
NL East of the Marlins making the playoffs. Yeah. Don't think it's going to repeat. Are the Cubs a team that kind of falls into that category because of all these red flags that are popping up? You know, you know it's it's definitely interesting to see because, you know, I didn't – and I didn't realize it's taking a look at another article here. I forgot that um, – oh, where the hell did it go here? That uh, Kyle Schwarber's no longer there. And that yeah, was a left. big piece yeah. for him for years. You know, with all the utility that he brought about. Um, I, I think – it's definitely not a rebuilding year for them. And, and I don't consider this a hot take, but other in, I mean, really in the NLs of the divisions, this is always a division that's, that's up and down the lineup. One day, it, one day it could be the Cardinals on top, then it could be the Cubs, then it could be the Brewers. And then for the first two games of the season, it could be the Pirates. Yet it's, you know, it's, if Kimbrell can solve his pitching issues, you know, at least for the closer's perspective, because how many did he blow last year as a closer? I, I think they have to watch with the injuries. I still believe they have people in the pipeline that can help them out. However, at the same time, they're still almost, I would say in the division out of all of them, they're the wild card because of the firepower they have. And then also what they could or could not be. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty good take, and to see where they end up going is going to be really interesting. Um, yes, I mean the rest of the division lost a lot as well, and we can jump mm-hmm. right into a team that lost certainly a lot of it, and that is the Cincinnati Reds. Unless you have a last thought on the Cubs, no, that was it, my man. All right, so let's move on to the Reds. They come in obviously losing Trevor Bauer. He goes to the Dodgers. Yep, um, but they. I don't know that it's going to be a really interesting year because they had guys who were hurt. They guys who had COVID last year. So I feel like it's something that this team could come in with some chip on their shoulder thinking nobody's expecting anything out of this. Uh, Kind of like a couple years ago when they, when they really had Mm -hmm. a serious, you know, they made some trades and they brought guys in and made some noise in the second half of the year. I feel like that there's a possibility for that, but, I don't know. It, it feels like there's not a lot of oomph to this team. Well, you know, you have, speaking about chips on the shoulder, you have an aging Joey Votto. I mean, oh, yeah. Joey in the last couple of years with him losing the weight, looking great, wearing the almost, I would say the guy that we played the other night at softball, he and Joey Votto could go for the tightest pants that I've seen <laughs> on a baseball diamond. Sure. Um, inside for the folks listening, this dude had the tightest baseball pants i've ever seen and also robbed our good friend meg of an almost a home run yeah, down he, at penn uh, park the other night he ran into a fence and then the the fence knocked his brain so loose that it was like rookie had, of the year he said the opposite that his glove hand yeah. was you know martin brodeur basically to use another hockey yeah, player in new jersey that, that's good. but um yeah. Yeah, he was incredible. But no, that's it's something of questions of to see what happens there. Yeah. You know, Michael Lorenzen comes back and he's a guy yep. who, you know, can see what happens. He, you know, he was pretty hurt for the most part. He played four innings and yep. didn't do a ton. This is the team that I feel like, you know, did pretty well. They made the playoffs, as we mentioned, four of the five teams did. Yep. And I don't know. It, it's something that, Seems like it's just a now what of that they have yeah. these different guys who've done things throughout their careers, but we haven't seen them put it all together. That's what I mean by like no 
oomph. You know, Castillo no, is I, I, obviously their their yep. superstar, but you you continue, yep. please. No, you know, I mean, you take a look at if you're looking at the projected lineup, you know, Castellanos had a great season last year. He it really was a good season for him when he was playing the Pirates. Since I watched a lot of those games, he was always come out. I mean, Moose Mustakas, you know, if if he can have a decent season as well, it helps. Jesse Winker had a good season too. I mean, Tucker Barnhart is a good catcher. Um, you know, Sonny Gray, if he can get things going on, that's going to be great. You know, with uh, – oh, did you see who's in their bullpen? Um, I didn't realize he was there now. Mr. Doolittle. Yeah, Sean Doolittle. Yeah, he's there. Did, does Cincinnati have a bullpen cart? <laughs> uh, I don't know if they do or not, but they – I don't think I don't think they do. Maybe. Maybe they adopt it just for him. It, I mean, you have to, you gotta, you, you, you can't exert that energy. I mean, once again, looking at the bullpen, none of these guys are household names. I don't even know Garrett who the, who the closer is. Um, you know, t- to your point, it, it's, they're very neutral. They're very vanilla. Sure. But if you have, you had that leader with Votto being the captain to, you know, piss enough people off and fake enough balls to the, to fans in the stands and opposing stadiums, you know, Maybe they'll have something. I mean, you got Bell is his third, David Bell, third year as manager. Let's see what happens there. And, and, and really, if you take a look at it, too, it's, yeah, I mean, to, to this one article here, it says it was a very disappointing offensive season for them. And they got hot, but then when they cooled off, they were ice cold, and they were, they were hard to watch. They were, they were not your Ken Griffey Jr. Reds. So to finish that point, they were yeah. dead last in batting average. Their team batting average was mm-hmm. two twelve. They were seventh yeah. in home runs and twenty seventh in runs scored. Um, one yeah. of the better pitching staffs in baseball, as they have been for the past yeah. couple of years. To finish your thought and answer your question of who Amir Garrett is, he's been a pitcher in their bullpen for a few years now, at least a few years. Gotcha. But he was there last year. He was a setup man. He had some. That's... He had some holds. Um, you know, appeared in a number of different games, the second highest on the team behind in, in yeah. uh, Iglesias. I'm not going to pronounce his first name because I'm not going to be able to, but Iglesias, I think moved on. Yeah. It looks like he, he left the team. Um, was it Enrique? Um, Razel. Okay. So Razel, he's Enrique now on, he's on the, uh, he's on the angels now, but, uh, okay. yeah. So, so Garrett takes over as the closer, you know, he should be pretty good. I mean, a solid guy. Yeah. He got guys out. You know, it's it's tough to say, like, seven holds in 21 appearances over, you know, 162 games. That's, you know, superstar levels. So to think that is that going to translate to a closing role, to your point, who knows? It's just a lot of yeah. – they lost guys, and a, a lot of guys that you probably don't even realize that they lost. Yeah. Bauer obviously yeah. being the high one. So this is a team that, that you see come in here, and mm-hmm. I feel like there's a chip on its shoulder certainly to it, but – I don't know. It seems a lot like the Marlins. We played really well. We made the playoffs last year. Chip on our shoulder. And unlike the Marlins, they still have a number of these big names. Castillo, Gray, Miley is kind of there. Tyler Mail is, yeah. is here. Lorenzen and see what he does. But that's where it's going to have to begin and end. And kind of the reverse to the Cubs of that they have solid mm-hmm. guys in their bullpen yep. to, to close it out. But they're going to need to figure it out offensively because if they don't, oh yeah, over 162 games, that's not going to translate into an 85 game or an 85 win season where 
you know, you're competing yeah. with the Mets and Padres for a wild card position, especially if the Cubs are going to be as good as we just thought they're going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, you have the Mets and the Padres, and I'm going to spoil our predictions, but I think that is it. And whomever is in second place mm-hmm. here is going to need to battle with those two teams. And if the Reds are going to do that, they need to score runs. And I mean, just to back up to your Marlins point, I mean, the Reds can't compete for the number of people and teams the Marlins infected last year with COVID. So, I mean, they're, they definitely <laughs> lost in that category too. Uh, um, yeah, the Marlins were just a mess in that regard last year. So we'll see. I'm, I'm not really sure, you know, I, you know, I predicted the Reds to finish third last year. I, or actually I predicted them to win the division if I remember correctly. Um, and we see how that worked out. Um, yet they're definitely not in my opinion, as strong as they were on paper last year going into the season. Yeah. It's, you know, then that's always when uh, things shock you. We'll set to see what happens yeah. with this team. Because um, hopefully they're fun. You know, they have Moose, they yeah. have Castellanos. They have guys that can do it. It's just a matter of fact. Yeah. Of will they put it together. And, and honestly, batting for average and even just on base percentage, not to go full money ball and, and the, you know, gets on base meme, but mm-hmm. you're going to eventually have to start doing that. Because when you have... Uh, I can't count how many are above 300 on nine base percentage, but only mm-hmm. one guy, a guy who played eight games is above 400. And your next guy is Winker yeah. with above well, 350. It's, you know, let's a put it, percentage. That's tough. Let's put it this way as we go. So we went to Chicago first. I have the updated standings for spring training right now. Okay. Um, the Cubs are 14 and nine right now in the cactus league. They're third in the cactus league with wins and losses. Um, the Reds are currently dead last in the Cactus League with seven wins and 19 losses. Yeah, so uh, we'll have to see. Yeah. I mean, obviously, spring training is is all over the board usually, and I think even in a COVID Absolutely. year, it is uh, certainly crazy. But let's keep moving. We'll go to uh, mm-hmm. the Milwaukee Brewers. We come in here, a team that you mentioned it, a very strange mm-hmm. year from the Brewers. I feel like mm-hmm. a year they want to forget where they finished under 500. Um, yep. They accomplished a franchise record of three straight playoff appearances and being along with the Houston Astros, the only teams under 500 to ever make the playoffs, which makes sense because baseball lets so few teams in. Yep. Um, now the big questions here are again, can they compete with, the National League wild card race. Correct. And what is what's gonna happen here with a number of their huge investments and different things yeah. that they've done, both pitching and offensively. Obviously they paid Christian Yellis a ton of money. Yep. Uh and throw the stats out the window because the COVID year Yep. Yep. Both positive and negative. I, I feel like you can just give that a pass of you know, he didn't play necessarily great. Their offense was was pretty ice cold. This is a team that that prides itself on being a very strong offensive team, and those players really had a huge down year. Yelich batted two hundred five. Keston Haria, uh, yep. pronouncing that wrong, was two twelve. Yeah, and he's a, he's a very good player. You know, these guys they just didn't play well. And I feel like a lot of that comes from COVID. You mentioned the Marlins, but the Cardinals yep. and the woes that hit the NL central at some point, they had a ton oh, yeah. of home runs, uh, which I'm now saying, but they were in the middle of baseball, which it feels like they hit way more home runs than just 16th. But 
regardless, a good pitching year that I think water's going to find its level with both sides where the pitching yep. isn't going to be as strong. But I think their offense certainly bounced back. Well, I, I definitely think, number one, your your MVP, Christian Yelich, has to have a better season. Oh, that's I mean, that's that's number one. Um, I wouldn't also put Craig Council putting himself into a game this year as an is a extra hitter if they need it uh, because I mean they they needed it last year. I, if you look at what your lineups, you got Lorenzo Kane. He has the pop and the ability. You have Colton Wong, who's always been and just Kane, a great who opted player. out of last year. So we correct have a correct. huge question mark of what happened with him. Yep. Kira, I saw him. I saw him in his first game. I believe last year was his first season, and I think it was his, his first game against the Pirates. He went four for six or five for six or something like that. Okay, um, just just good. And you know, Jackie Bradley Jr. is always just a the, solid player coming over from the Red Sox. We'll have to see what happens yep. with him. And new exactly. team, new vibe. See what happens. You know, the bench. Nothing to sneeze at if you're looking at it. Um, rotation, you know, Woodruff's going to be your number one. Then you got Burns, uh, Bernas, Lindblom, Hauser, and Peralta. Okay. I mean, Josh Hader, when he's on, he's on with, with the, his fastball and just how he is as a closer. Um, you know, I, I think the biggest thing they have to take a look at with Gamble gone, Jed Jerko's gone. Um, and also Ryan Braun is finally out of there. It's definitely something where with this coming year, they need to see what they're going to do. Um, they need to put a full season together and having Kane back in the lineups really going to help that. Oh, a thousand percent. It's going to be pretty incredible. Yeah. Now, Jared, you were a big Penn State fan. I just looked mm-hmm. it up. This man didn't go to Penn State, but it's close enough. Do you feel like yeah. the Penn State community will – adopt Justin Topa into the, the fold? Well, you know, they, they probably should. Um, <laughs> they, they might. Um, you never know. You know. I think time heals all wounds. Um, not saying that anything would happen that happened within the, those years at Penn State and even before that um, are laughable or anything of that nature, and they're all despicable with uh, the child abuse scandal up there. But to your point, yeah, they might. <laughs> might. I wanted to look it up. He did not. He's from Binghamton, New York. He did not go to school with. This is the second straight episode he's been referenced. Our good friend Matt Adams uh, from the same say. area, but not the same high school. Uh, I just looked it. it up. But yeah, from he was in the Pirates organization at one point, but never, never made it to the major leagues. He made his debut last year. Um, so we'll have to see what uh, what happens with him. And you know, obviously not the biggest stud in their pen, but I saw that. There's a phonetic pronunciation on, I think, one website that we're both on. So I, I felt like I had to make the Penn State uh, I appreciate reference that. to that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, to your point, you know, they have Bernays. They have Woodruff. They have guys who, who did pretty pretty fair last year, you know, a yep. top 10 pitching staff. I just – I don't think that over 162 games that that lasts. I feel like this is something that the team – you know, they finished under 500 when the team wasn't yep. the team wasn't batting well and when the pitching was doing well. So, like, if both kind of go back to the mean where they have been before, I yeah. just don't see them. I see them around maybe 80 wins. I don't know. It's yep. just it's something that that's a huge question mark to me. Um, and to think, 
know, they have a pretty good front office that may try to make some moves, but like it also to the flip side of it, you have to wonder like, do they try to cut their losses? If a team that we're going to talk about in a few minutes here really jumps out ahead of the NL central so quickly, do they just think, you know, can we flip a X, Y, Z player and maybe mm-hmm. try to retool on the fly to get Christian Yell something around it, whether it's a pitching prospect, whether it's whatever position, if if it's, you know, flip X position, you know, it's the same position mm-hmm. and just get a younger guy. I don't know. You just have to kind of wonder that they're smart people in Milwaukee. There's a reason why when they first got Yelich and really what they ended up having to give up for him to Miami, yep. how well that worked. But like, if they decide to do that, does it become, you know, do they, do they pull that trigger? Yeah, no, that's a good point. And um, to go with, we were talking about what spring training is looking like right now. The Brewers are 13 and 11 thus far and are fifth in the Cactus League with winning percentage. Hmm. So, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's definitely one to see where are they at, where are they going to go um, and, and, and who could they be at this point? And, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely something that um, we're just going to have to see come come out of the gate. You know, I really feel that they could be between second or third um, in the division this year, yeah. depending on how things shake out. There's a lot of uh, a lot of big question marks. I feel like around surrounding the team, so it'll be absolutely. It'll be really interesting, and one that we didn't talk about was that Ryan Braun, not currently mm-hmm. interested in playing baseball, a guy who, you know, uh, we mentioned, you know, inadvertently mentioned, yep. you know, one scandal, but a guy who, you know, escaped a scandal in his career. and Yeah, on a technicality. Yeah, on a technicality, but still, you know, he, he then got caught again, but he came back, what I mean by yep. escaped, he, you know, obviously, presumably was clean, yeah. I use that word loosely, but he, you know, he. Well, are you doing the Rafael Palmero pointing at Congress? I never took <laughs> illicit steroids. Yeah, but so you know, a guy who had a very, you know, a, an interesting career throughout baseball, yeah. and a guy who, you know, we'd be we'd be remiss to not mention that, uh, you know, that he it will not be playing, and that he'll, uh, you know, it's it's a guy who kind of stood the test of time over, you know, really 15 years because he got drafted in 2005. But a, a guy, nonetheless, that was around for a while. Well, I I, th- I think, you know, unfortunately, Father Time and Mother Nature are still undefeated. And, I you know, I really think that what he did or did not do, allegedly, um, and I say that in quotes just to, just to say it, it's one of those where I, it's probably taken a toll on his body at this point. And, you know, you've played a lot of good years. You're an old man now in the league. It's not where baseball back in the day or hockey back in the day, you could play into your 50s. It's not going to happen anymore. Not everybody's drinking out of the fountain of youth like Yammer Yager is in hockey back home. Or um, I'm trying to think of another baseball player that was there forever. Nolan Ryan, like not everybody can do that. It's a different game now. It's faster. It's quicker. And if you're batting, and I don't think his stats were too great last year. Um, let me see if I have something here. He did okay. Uh, Braun batted two thirty three, eight homers, right. twenty six yeah. ribbies. Yeah, you know it's, it's right. that was second on the team in, in RBI. But uh, oh crap! For a team, they were yeah. they were twenty sixth in runs scored. So well, take that for what you, you will. 
Um, exactly. Yeah, you know, it's just going to be – it's worth noting because it's a guy who obviously had had the huge controversy surrounding him and then, you know, kind of reestablished himself as a dude to uh, yep. be reckoned with, if you will, and, and to see that yep. – that career call quits and, and to not reference it would be uh would be a bit of a bummer. But I don't know. It uh the smart people in Milwaukee I think will figure out something and, and the various guys that have come through the system, if you will. Mm-hmm. We'll see what mm-hmm. happens with them. But Jared, I think it is time. You gave us a I don't five want second, you know, <laughs> we go to your Pittsburgh Pirates. Outside well, of your projection, what do you think of the Pirates coming into this year? Well, now that I look at Cincinnati, maybe I maybe the Pirates will finish fourth. I mean, they're 500 right now in spring training. I've okay. watched a couple games. They've been the come, comeback kids a few times this spring training, which has been nice to see. Um, you know, there's an article I have pulled up here where the NL Central is still a four-team race and the Pirates aren't even mentioned in the article. You're right. That's probably true. Um you know, you, you we we pretty much left go of our whole freaking pitching staff for the most part. You know, Mitch Keller is still there. You know, Stephen Brault's still there. But then if you take a look at some of the people we got rid of, Jamison Tyone gone, Joe Musgrove gone, Trevor Williams gone. Um, okay, th- those guys, especially Musgrove, I mean, I know, I believe he went to the Padres, right? Correct. You know, it, it's like, oh, cool, great. Um, people that we did bring on this year, Todd Frazier, Todd Frazier has been having a good spring training, you know, speaking about guys that are 50 years old and still playing baseball. Uh, he was, um, you know, an invite for spring training. He's been doing well. Um, you know, I have another semi connection to, well, actually this is a connection to both of us. So the pirates have, they have a gentleman who's trying to get in the rotation this year. Uh, his name is David Bednar. He went to Lafayette College. Oh. And he is cousins with one of the girls I went to high school with, actually took to prom. So we've got we got it. Yeah, he went to Mars High School, um, which is north of the city of Pittsburgh. And uh, we got I got a another semi semi relation playing in uh, the sports in the major league sports between him, Casey to Smith and Jesse James. I'm doing all right. I got three out of three sports in Pittsburgh there at one go. point. Jared, I have bad news for you. As of yes. 137 this afternoon, Todd Frazier will not be a pirate after all. He opted out of his contract. It will be a free agent. Well, they were probably, they were probably because he did well and they were probably paying him $35 in a bag of popcorn. <laughs> uh... I mean, I, I mean, at one point, I think the Pirates are going to get in trouble with Major League Baseball because they got rid of everybody, and it was a fire sale, and they had only three million on the books. Um, you know, I wouldn't. I, you know, if you're looking at the lineup this year, Brian Hayes is a stud. Uh, Eric Gonzalez, who's going to play short, you have him at third, and then you have Gonzalez. They said it's going to be a switch up between Newman and, and Gonzalez, but those two, when I got to watch games last year, are the future of the Pirates. Kind of like you know. Josh Bell was, you know, the reincarnation of Willie Stargell, and we, he went to the Nationals. You know, take the send the face of the franchise away. Smart move. Yeah. What about your I buddy mean, Colin Jacob Moran? St- he's playing. You know, hey, you know, Colin. He's gonna he's gonna be good. He's had some power this this preseason, which has been nice. Um, you know, I'm interested to see what happens. You know, we still have Brawl, Keller, and Cool. Um, Chad Cool. Mutual yeah, friend Chad of mine. Cool. 
That's right. Same wedding uh, venue. We will, we will just have to see, you know, Derek Shelton, you know, we, we didn't get to talk about it last year, but he was actually the first manager to get thrown out during COVID protocol. That's right. Last year. That is right. Um, we also had the game where we had the, the drone in Minnesota just fly up over the stadium and they had a drone delay. That was cool. Um, they also, and, and at the end of this, I want to ask you, come back. I want to come back to umpires to see if you've caught the same vibe I have this year with umpires. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, um, we'll see what happens here. It, it's definitely one of those where guess what? The pirates are rebuilding again. Um, Ben Charrington came in and just was like, yep, you're gone. You're gone. You're gone. Honestly, at the end of the day, I really believe that, we need to get rid of ownership. Okay. Uh, that's the, that's the number one thing. As long as the ownership's still there and they're pumping money into seven Springs from the team, which is a, uh, our version of blue mountain past the Alleghenies. Um, you know, which is we a need Reynolds resort to, for no, for people that are not yes. from Philadelphia. We need Reynolds to do well. We need Polanco to do well. And, you know, if we can have Adam Frazier and, and Kevin Newman have a good season, that'll help. However, once again, I don't, there's not much stock coming out of the pirates. Yeah. It'll be really interesting, right? They've been active. Hey, we're young again. We're yeah. young again. They've been again. active in, in the youth, th- you know, injection. I don't know. You know, I mean, do you feel confident with Charrington feeling out the team and doing, you know, what he can to try to re- revitalize things? You know what? It, it, we need something. We, 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 we need something because I'm still not convinced on Shelton is the manager. Mm-hmm. I like how he is fiery. I like what he does. Um, I think I need one more season of him to see. However, it's like, it's, it's like bad pizza. Like when you need it, it's there. Okay. Like you could go, you could go good pizza, but like it's all right. You know, it's going to be subpar, and that's kind of what the pirates are. You know, they're there. You, you're dumb enough. You'll go to the games. You'll get yourself a tall boy icy light. You'll you'll get a, a batting helmet full of tater tots, which are delicious, it's sweet and spicy, and and you'll be like, wow, I'm here, and it's a great view of the city. But then you're going to be maybe disappointed nine times out of ten at the end of the day. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So what I, I so, was going to say, I don't know. <laughs> you finished. Yeah. Uh, I was, gonna I was gonna ask. Say, there, there is no thoughts. So obviously the Phillies are having fans back Pittsburgh. They've been doing their own thing right there, or they've been just doing what Pennsylvania is doing. They're not Philadelphia that Correct. needs to do their Correct. own evaluations. So they're 50. Oh, and I'm stupid. Capacity. I forgot. We, we also got Cole Tucker too. Who's like, who is a, a stud young guy that we have that can play all over the place. He's okay. a really good player that I expect a season out of. Yeah. The, the, the pirates have, they're, they're doing a little bit more. I think they're at 25% capacity okay. right now. Um, who knows after the fourth year, if they will bump up the venues as well, uh, because Hey, for all those out there, if you're living in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, if nothing continues to spike, you won't have to buy food when you're at the bar. Yeah, that is uh I mean, April 1st is, there's that's a thing, right? April first. That 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 it. Governor Wolf, instead of hiding eggs like Jesus, is giving us. You don't have to have food at bars anymore. So that's the, our Easter miracle. Thank God. So just a quick aside. 
you know, we've been going to the Sixers have had games. Emily obviously has mm-hmm. the season mm-hmm. tickets. Uh, and you were on TV, not a big deal. We were on TV once. It was, it was pretty cool. Um, I mean, may or may not have worn a highlighter green shirt on St. Patrick's Day because I wanted to wear a different shade of green than Milwaukee or because I wanted to get on television. You decide. It's, safe, it's called safety yellow or safety green. So you were good there. You, you decide. Um, but yeah, you have to buy a fucking pretzel every time you yeah. get a beer. And the pretzel's $6. It's absurd. The beer goes My from already God. being like $12. Now you're spending $20 on one fucking beer. Like, Jesus. You know, you want you want me to cut down alcohol. I mean, the pretzel tax. You might as well call it that. Uh, but we digress. Um, yes. Love, love Pennsylvania. Let's, any other thoughts on the Pirates before we uh, jump to the Cardinals? Are you excited um, for, for Hayes? Apparently this guy's supposed to be really good. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, the, the if you're looking at our young guys, and, I, and I'll say it again, Cabrian Hayes, Eric Gonzalez, and Cole Tucker, they are our new youth spike. Uh, we won't call it the X generation that the Penguins did when we had Rico Fata on our team back in the day. That You want to talk about it, marketing genius to put that together. <laughs> Um, I, I, I don't even know the, the best thing I can say is, is turn, turn it on again by Phil Collins is played before every game. Okay. <laughs> that's what they start the game with. That that's, that's yeah. So there you go. All right. Well, let's go to the Cardinals who made <laughs> one of the bigger splashes <laughs> in baseball trading for Nolan Arenado, mm-hmm. adding to a lineup that was already pretty solid. Yeah. You mentioned it, the Pirates, or the, I saw the Pirates page up in front of me. The Cardinals, they missed two games, so they only finished 30 and 28, but they made the playoffs. Um, They end up losing to Slam Diego in the playoffs in that Mm -hmm. wacky style because of various COVID stuff. But a team that normally good Mm -hmm. and is going to be really good again. Yeah, kind now like the spring late nineties and early two thousands, please. Spring spring training, they're only eight and ten right now. I think the Cleveland Browns were four and oh, one of the years they went oh and sixteen. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I mean they're they're eight and ten thus far. Um only this only the Lastros are behind them um right now in the Grapefruit League. So I mean it's it's very interesting to see that you have just a variation just in it once again it's spring training and everybody's getting their sea legs under them um there's a pirates reference haha not all cool terms yay so so i yeah i mean it, it, to your to your point the card the cardinals is have always been there they've always been good and getting arenado that's a biggie it's, it's a biggie huge. it is huge Yes. Because they need help offensively. They were awful last year. And this is another team. Mm-hmm. I feel like at some point, like the throwout 2020 yeah. adage that we've been using, is going to get older. It's going to be, oh, no, you are who your record says you are. Um, but this is a team that I think you could easily throw it out for, even without Arenado being out of the lineup. And this team does so much better. Jared, they were 28th in runs scored, last in home runs, bottom 10 in batting average, and they still won 30 games. They have a great pitching staff that time and time again just shows its bite and its tenacity to it, whether it's Wainwright who turned back the clocks last year or Mm -hmm. the Flaherty, Hudson, 
experience, we'll just put it that way, of looking very good and just, frankly, just eating innings. Which oh, that's, yeah. This is something we talked about a lot the other night with Andrew and Seth, of just having guys that can go a full upper 100s, mm-hmm. if you're even going to touch 200 innings, which is such a, a foreign concept to modern-day baseball yeah. anyway, regardless of coming off a 60-game season back to a 162-game season. Mm-hmm. The Cardinals have guys that can do that, which is going to come at such a premium. That and an expected offensive resurgence from this team. Yes. We mentioned it. This is the team, if you didn't pick up on it, that they could just start off hot and continue hot because this is a team that always figures out a way Mm -hmm. to use homegrown talent and very intelligently make trades. And that's what... The Arenado trade, so much more so than the called Paul Goldschmidt, Jesus, yep. trade yeah. seemed like. And, and Goldschmidt had a very good year last year. Let's not yes. you know, beat around the bush with that. Really, outside of the first half of his season with the his first season with the Cardinals, he's been very good for them. But this is the Arenado trade just feels so different because he is yep. far and away the best third baseman in baseball right now. Yeah, and, and that's the biggest thing too. I mean, your your corner your corner infield is solid now, solid between Goldschmidt and Arenado. Um, I mean, you have the the last Molina uh, from when there was eighteen in the league. Yachty came back for another season. You know, he he's good. Um, he, I mean, I forget how many Gold Gloves he's won. You know, you got Matt Carpenter who's now a bench player. I mean, that's that's. That's good. Good guy to have coming off the bench. Another right? intelligent Rockies ad. Yeah, um, and then you know you got the Greek freak Miles Mikolos um, in the rotation as well. You know, it, it's definitely one of those where the division it's going to come down to the Cardinal. It's the Cardinals' division to lose. Oh, absolutely. In, in my opinion. And with the depth that they have with the veterans, I mean, hell, they got Ponce de Leon in their bullpen as well. He's, he's speaking about that fine. And they, wow, they got him finding the fountain of youth and you got Genesis Cabrera. So like any way you slice it, it's biblical, baby. <laughs> I mean, the, the other part of this too, is like a guy like Carlos Martinez, who did oh, not have Jesus, a good year. Yes really bad year last year with yeah but he's also eight he's also eight foot tall (laughs) yeah he played five games i'm trying to see if he was hurt or not i don't want to misquote that uh but i think he was 9.9 era and granted an awful postseason in 2019 yeah but two years and really a number of years before that where he was solid and he's been on the team for a mm-hmm. while. He's been a bullpen guy. He's been a starter. Yep. He's a guy that, that they've used a ton. And if he figures it out and, and turns it around, he's turning 30 at the end of the season. Yep. You know, so he's not at the end. You, you got to think that he has something back to him that, so, you know, that's something to add there. Another thing we talked about a ton back on Thursday was the mm-hmm. concept of going one, two, th- or having a one, two, three for the postseason. And certainly yep. you have that with your Flaherty, with the um, 
Jesus, the second name is blanking on me. With your Mikolas. Mikolas. Yeah, thank yep. you. Uh, and then you have options for your number three. You do. Whether you it's do. Wainwright, whether it's Martinez, if he looks good, or Martinez just comes out of the bullpen and you do what the Nationals did in 2019 of throwing him long-term if something goes sour. You have mm-hmm. Kim. You have a number yep. of different options. Ponce de Leon could be a, a, a what's it called? A opener for Long reliever. Or, or a long opener. reliever. But, I mean, e- either way, both, both strategies are in play with that guy. And I think this is the biggest question here becomes their outfield and, and how good do they mm-hmm. look. Like Harrison Bader has mm-hmm. been a starter for them for a while. Yep. And a guy who just never really has had a sustained success yeah. on their team. And then their their corner outfielders are You got O'Neal. Yeah, they're serviceable. Oh, yeah. You got O'Neal and Carlson. And then yeah. you have Lane Thomas is another one. So it's guys they're bringing up. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, they're serviceable. And, 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 and if you take a look, the NL Central has mixed and matched all those Cardinals. So you have some of the Cardinals going once again to the Cubs. You have some Cardinals going to the Rays. You know, it, it, it to me, it's I always relate it back to the Penguins in the hockey or one of the teams like you're watching a game and there's a guy that was good for the Penguins that's on another team now who's an assistant captain or a captain or something like that. And to me, that's what the Cardinals have always been in the Central. You know, where they re. Yeah, or they rehab somebody back um, to to greatness, and then they go off. So I mean, I mean, spoiler alert: I, I think the Cardinals are winning the division. Then you know, then I think it's just who's going to win second or third. Oh, a thousand at, percent at that point. Yeah, so and then it's going to be Pirates Reds. So let's jump to the to the predictions. You just gave a, a yep. rough outline. So yep. I agree with you. I think the Cardinals are going to win this. I think that's the consensus across the board. Yep. Your second place team, who do you got and what can they do to make it close with the Cardinals? I, I really, like I just said, I really think it's going to be a toss up between the Brewers and the Cubs. Um, I It's one of those where the Cubs with their, their knowledge, you know, being the older guys in the division, winning or having a world series winning couple players there that could help them just go above the brewers um it, it, once again it's going to come down to the bullpen and the pitching and also i mean in the brewers case it's going to come down to hitting you know they have to be better offensively and then i think it then goes to the pirates and the reds yeah so i the pirates fifth i the cubs second i think the cubs figure something out obviously the the bryant trade is a big question mark mm-hmm. there mm-hmm what does the rest of their lineup do surrounding that? Who plays where? You know, do you put like a Bote at third if Brian gets yeah. traded? Uh, if that if that situation never gets figured out, I feel like it does, and maybe he leaves in the off season or it's an off season. Yeah. We'll push off any problems till then. Um, the Reds and the Brewers are a weird scenario with them because the Reds, you can't think their lineup is as bad as it was a year ago. Yeah. And their rotation, at least the top half of it, is going to be really good. And then there's a lot of, mm-hmm. I don't even say question marks. There's a lot of of a black hole of just nothingness of, do we, what do we know is going to happen? I don't trust a Wade Miley full season. Uh, no. Lorenzen, who who the hell knows what ends up happening with him? But with the Brewers, I don't like their pitching staff one bit. I hope that they return to glory in that sense. And I hope their offense, or they continue to be in, in glory. Mm-hmm. And you hope that adding like a Jackie Bradley Jr. does well for him. Yep. That said, I'm going to say the Brewers fourth. 
And okay. I'm say the Reds are third just because from a known pitching quantity. Granted, mm-hmm. the Brewers have enough tools to potentially get second place, like you just said. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a question of getting to Josh Hader because once mm-hmm. you can, he can do some damage for you. But it also becomes a you know not overusing him type of scenario. I agree. All right, so let's jump over to the Mike Clark fantasy draft. And Jerry, this is gonna be a lot of fun for those that don't know. For again, if you're new to the podcast, this is we started doing this about a year ago. The draft, if you will, is just us doing a snake draft. We start at catchers, go to first base, second base, third, or shortstop, outfielders, and then go through pitching, just a starter and a reliever. And we do it snake style, so it's very easy in that sense. Um, basically, we're just picking who we think would be our all-division team, and obviously the player has to be available. So this should be a lot of fun, named after our buddy Mike Clark, who will be on – we're recording it Tuesday night, so dropping Wednesday. The AL East preview with our good friend Greg Piatelli. So three-way draft there. But, Jared, let's jump in here. You get to lead off with catchers for the and, uh, AL Central draft. Mike Clark is also one of our um, newscasters on WTAE Channel 4 back in Pittsburgh. Oh, doing double duty. Yes. And you know what? We're going to do something else. We're going to add one more to this. We're going to pick manager of the okay. year in the division. All right. The, the, the Lou Brown manager of the year. Okay. Throw it in there. I like it. Yeah. So uh, with first pick, uh, I'm going to go with uh, uh, Contreras from the Cubs. Yeah, I mean, true. he's, you know, 243 last year, you know, he had a good season, had 37 runs. I mean, seven ding-dongs and 26 RBIs. Um, he's really perfecting that crouch down, the snap throw behind the, the Brunners, and he has such a strong arm, so I'd have to go with him. You know, that's a solid pick. Overall, great defender, an awesome hitter, definitely that offensive leader in the clubhouse catching wise mm-hmm. i'm gonna go with yadier molina defensively it's yep, his to lose so go with him I, you know a barn hard would be a, a great pick but yeah it's a uh you know it's a yadi yadis until it's not to use your penguins the penguins aren't making the playoffs until they don't want to yadier molina well, and, he wins the the gold glove and catcher until he doesn't want to and also led the nl central with almost losing his testicles last year too yeah, they, he's had a lot of crazy things happen to him throughout his career. Oh God, I, I, dude, I watched that happen too, and I still cringe. Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting one. So yeah, first base. Here comes an interesting one. Talk to me, talk dirty to me. We have a bunch. I want to go against him, but I'm going to mm-hmm. go with Paul Goldschmidt. I was going to oh, go with yeah. another guy, but Goldschmidt had such a good year. Mm-hmm. It's what we expect out of him, and I feel like he's he's gotten used to St. Louis, and I feel like yeah. adding Arenado as protection around him is just going to do so much better for him. He's a great defender. There's another yeah. defender that's uh just just north of, of along the river, uh, but mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Paul Goldschmidt. Yeah, and, and 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 I mean that was going to be my pick. You can't pick against him. Yep. You know, that's how I look at, um, you know, I'm not going to go with another cub. I mean, Rizzo's a great pick. Okay. That's I who always, I was between. I, yeah. I'm always worried about his health. That's a good call. Um, between the concussions and the, the hammies. Well, Andy's um, streaky. That's the other part that got me a little worried. Yeah. 
know, yeah. with Joe Madden he's, moving him up and down the lineup, yeah. he, yep. you know, who the hell knows what David Ross is going to do with him in a full season. Correct. Yeah. Correct. I mean, if, you know, Keston here, I'm not picking him. Joey Votto, Joey Votto is also a wild card. I'm just going to go consistency. I'm going to be a homer. I'm going to pick Colin Moran. <laughs> I he, love it. He does oh. have, he does have, you know, he batted 247 last year, 10 ding dongs, 23, um, runs batted in and then he had 10 doubles last year and he's if they want to move somebody over to first he'll play another position so he's definitely a utility guy i think first base is his to lose quote unquote unless he needs a day off to be a dh or something like that if if that comes around again um but i really think that you know the pirate the red beard himself um he'll, he'll he'll he's moved up to be one of the better pirates players Okay, awesome. Uh, so it's you to sec- for second base. Second base, I mean, once again, that's definitely one where you can go throughout the division and, and try to find, you know, somebody. It could be anybody. Uh, let's see. Let's see as I'm just going through everybody's is great radio as always. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with. Um, between two, but I'll go with, uh, I'll go with Tommy Edmond from the cards. Okay. You know, 250, five home runs, 26 RBIs last year. Um, definitely somebody that could have a breakout season with more than 60 games to go with. And, you know, part of that Cardinals lineup there is we've seen before the other night hitting is contagious. Oh, absolutely. Um, and he's a great defender. You can't really, yeah. can't shy away from his glove. I'm going to go with a guy who's has not we played second base in, in his time in Milwaukee, but previously had played other positions. I'm going to go with Moustakis for his bat. Mm-hmm. Fairly solid defender, but his, his bat yeah. certainly helps there. I'm really getting a power lineup here. Um, third base, uh, glad it fell to me, but Nolan Arenado. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks for playing along. Yeah, Enough it's, said. It's, uh, it's nice that that worked out, and that, that was not intentional. I always give the first pick to the – to the, the co-host, but uh, I'm glad that it fell to me that way. It's like how Mike Trout fell to uh, – actually, no, Mike Trout fell to me. Oh, because shortstop. Yeah, Mike Trout fell to me in the AL West one. Uh, just lucky that way. You know, the, the best one yeah. out there, I'd take him. No, I, I will give that to you. I mean, that's the way to go. And I, and, I mean, for me, I'm going to be a homer again, but I see this kid's potential. I'm going with Cabrian Hayes. No, I love um, that. I love – so this guy's supposed to be an absolute stud, and we kind of – you mentioned him quick, and I quickly brought him back up. I mean, this is a guy yeah. who's a top prospect in baseball and, and should be really good, right? Oh, I mean, the other day I was listening to a, the the game because I'll throw it on in the day when I'm working here in my home office. He was still batting 600. That's incredible. I mean, he's just he, – he, he really is the, the real-life version of Willie Mays Hayes but playing third base. That's incredible. Like – you know, in 24 games last year, and I thought he played more than 24 games, he batted three, 376, five home runs, and 11 RBIs. That's incredible. He almost I, – I, it was either him or Gonzalez last year because I was back at home in Pittsburgh watching the game. They almost hit for the cycle. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, just – and, and there was an And there was an unfortunate incident last year where Gonzalez and Cole Tucker ran into one another. Um, and that's really when – you know, I mean, the wheels were already square 
to start the season for us. But when they got hurt, that really sucked to see. That yeah, geez, that's that's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, shortstop for you, Javi Baez. Yeah, that's the easy pick. I was thinking if he doesn't yeah. pick it, scoop him up. Um, not a lot of other options at shortstop. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with DeYoung because he's a, that's a good, good one. established shortstop. Yep. Whereas yep. you mentioned Gonzalez, a guy who, you know, a lot of upside for that sense. The same thing as Hayes. Yep. Um, Arcia could be good, but yep. that's a lot. Arcia and same thing kind of with Jose Garcia, Arcia and Garcia, both guys, mm-hmm. you know, on the Reds or on the Brewers and Reds respectively. But it kind of depends on how the rest of the lineup is to your hitting is contagious point. DeYoung is yep. a guy who may not get a ton of, power mm-hmm. numbers out there he batted 250 but he's a solid defender which comes great a guy who gets on base pretty well um strikes out a ton that's like probably the biggest downfall which i don't know a lot who doesn't strike out a ton nowadays in baseball so yeah. who knows uh it's kind of the same thing as tommy Edmond, just a a solid overall player mm-hmm. isn't gonna he plays his position very well which is what you want from an up the middle infielder if he hits the the cover off the ball, great, but you don't need it out of him. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so it's me for outfield, and mm-hmm. <laughs> who do I want to go with first? Well, there's like I could take some stretches here of guys that yeah could be fun to take. Uh, I'm gonna go Yelich. Just hope he gets call. back to his MVP like numbers. Um, yep. and go there. Like there's other players who I'm sure will be taken in a little bit, and I can comment yeah. when they're taken but i'm gonna go yelich to start no I, I think that's a good one i'm gonna end up with um oh crap where do you go um yeah i mean i watched tyler o'neill a little bit too last year i thought he was good he's serviceable um you know he did bat 137 and 7 and 19 but you know he, he was defensively he wasn't terrible Okay. You know, and I also, I'm also one of those where I kind of draft if I know you can take a few different positions too <laughs> with that in, you know, that sneaky way of getting you in the lineup. Okay. Um, let's see. Second outfielder I'll go with, you know what? I am going to go with Lorenzo Kane. Okay. That is a, that's a solid pick. That was one that I was kind of thinking maybe get back to that, those, you know, numbers that kind of expected from him and obviously you know it's a little yeah, bit time I mean, it, and granted it was only five games but he still batted 333 and yeah. had two rbis no no, no that, that's a that's a pretty good call um so it's two to me yep. the order doesn't really matter of who i pick but uh-huh. i'm gonna go mm, do i take him no i'm gonna stay away from him all right I'm going with Ian Happ and Jackie Bradley Jr. Happ, okay, a good. great leadoff man, a great defender, mm-hmm. great center fielder. JBJ, yep. hope in a new place, reinvigorates him just overall. A solid yep. enough defender, a guy who's kind of been all over the board offensively throughout his career. Um, depending on who you take, I'll say who I was close to taking, but... Those are the two uh, that I'm going to select. Happen, JBJ. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you were probably going to go with Jock. That, um, that was one I was debating. 
Um, yeah, I don't think his swing's there yet, and I just feel like with him sometimes he's very laissez-faire, mm-hmm. which I do not like in a player. Well, he also has, um, he's never uh, had a full season of starting. He's been in true. and out of the lineup with the Dodgers. So, like, granted, yeah. like the Dodgers were plug and play all over the place, but like a guy who you know he's in the he's in the home run derby in 2015, and then yeah. he's coming off the bench for a couple years. So, like, it's a guy who I don't know. He comes to a new place now. He has to be the guy. How are you really going to yeah. get it? Especially in uh, Chicago, it's just one of those like I don't know. You, yeah, you, you just kind of stay away from. I feel like. You know, and, and I mean, I'll, I'll go with one. Uh, I'm going to be a homer one more time, but I just, I just see his potential. It's, it's uh Cole Tucker. Okay. Uh, the okay. kid loves the, the kid loves baseball. He's a solid outfielder. He'll probably be a little utility and they'll have him playing all over the place. That's awesome. I also could have went with Dustin Fowler too. He came over from Oakland, um, you know, so that he was a decent player last year in 08. So who, who knows you mean 18? what it could yeah. There you go. Oh, yeah. wait, it was no, two th- yeah, he's, 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 he's 800 years old. He's one of those 50 year old players we were talking about. <laughs> uh, the guy who I was referring to of, of, I was close to taking him was, uh, Nick Castellanos. Yeah. I just don't know. That's who I could the not Reds, remember his freaking name before. The Reds are just a huge, who knows of taking a guy from their team. This is mm-hmm. a guy, this is a guy who should be like doing well. And maybe the Reds get rid of him and he gets reinvigorated mm-hmm. on a different lineup, which, I guess technically those stats can qualify at the end of the year, but um, I don't know. It's just not that I'm thinking, you know, put a trade watch on him, but mm-hmm. who the hell knows? He did not have a good year a year ago, and yeah, none of that Reds team did, and I, I'm a little pessimistic on the Reds. Uh, but mm-hmm. starting pitching to you. Um, hmm. Do the hustle. Um, hmm. I'm going to go with Hendricks, Kyle Hendricks. That's solid. That is a solid choice. Um, Yeah, I'm going to go with Castillo. As much as I was just talking shit about the Reds' offense, I did mention I like their pitching staff a lot. This is a guy who obviously has some pretty good stuff um, and can just get it done. You know, a guy who you expect every start to be a guy to get you out of a slump to end – a I don't know if something just happened downstairs to the NCAA tournament, but a guy who who can can at least get through the lineup a couple times and get you deep into a game, eat up some innings. Another guy who, if the Reds aren't careful and they're really in a a huge slump, might be uh you know looking to get out of there. But a a, a solid dude nonetheless. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, you know, there's a number. It's crazy that neither of us. Well, it's crazy, but it's not crazy that neither of us took one of the awesome Cardinals pitchers, but, uh, or starting pitchers, but I don't know. These two guys are pretty solid. Well, you got to think of it too. Like I like Adam Wainwright. However, he can get streaky. Who the hell knows that happens in a full season. That's like the big hold on a minute here. Um, but yeah, it's the same thing with, with Flaherty, with, Mm -hmm. uh, Mikolas. I almost forgot his name again. Um, I mean, like, I'd love to say Carlos Martinez is not someone close to being that for this short of a you pick one guy to start a game type of thing. I'd love to see him do well. A guy, you know, kind of just keep an eye out on, but not a uh, hoping that he is your your guy kind of thing. Um, All right. Reliever for me. um, I'm going to go with I will go with the Cardinals pitcher. I'll go with their closer. 
I will go with um, Jordan Hicks and see how he does. He should be a solid player for him. He didn't pitch last year, so. He did not, and I might have just made a big mistake. Let's see if you take him. Um, no, but I, I think it's, I mean, Hicks is a good player. We, we know that. So yeah, we know he's a good any, player, yeah. uh, but I might've just made a mistake and just completely whiffing on this guy. Let's see if you take him. Well, that's his job as a reliever. You're supposed to whiff on him. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Hader. There you it know, is. I completely, he completely blanked out on me. That's, uh, that's me forgetting who, who is it that I, um, I'm going to forget which guy it was that I completely forgot about in, in one of our drafts um of not taking um yeah but you know shit happens um it does regardless oh yeah it was me taking juan soto instead of ronald acuna but soto would be oh uh, well mm, yeah that's still not terrible yeah um all right so you your idea manager this this does fall to you yeah. on the snake who would you take first on the manager chart i mean i'm not taking Derek sheldon number one um, I'm not taking David Bell, number two. Um, you know, for me, uh, you know, he's very ho-hum, but he's good and he's chalk, and I'm going to go with Mike Schilt, who's the manager of the cards. Okay. Um, I'm going to go uh, – I'm not going to go with David Roth. I'll just go with Craig Council, solid manager, okay. a guy who's done, yeah. done well. Yeah. And just go that way. Ross – I don't know. That's just, it seems like a glamour hire. Um, I feel like yeah. if, if we ever get famous enough that that'll get pulled and David Ross will come after me. But um, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. Council's done pretty well. We'll see what the card or what the uh, the Brewers do hey. and see if they can hold on. You know, Here's I think, the thing, though. Yeah. You talk about glamour picks. He's kind of like the Pierre Maguire every time you hear a GM hiring is going to happen in the NHL because he knew everything being an announcer. Fair, but fair. he actually is good at ba- he's actually good at baseball though. Yeah, you know, I mean, it worked out the first year. I just, yeah. I, do, you know, I think the Cubs are going to do very well, and you know, yeah. I think they'll do better than the Brewers. I just think, especially if given the brass in their front office and what Council has to do in terms of game managing, yep, I think we'll see what he does. It's Ross is, you know, obviously he he was friends with a lot of them. He won a World Series with a lot of those yep. guys. Yep, it's just see what he does coming through a full season of this and council's done it. Obviously 2018 yep. speaks for itself. So that's the re- only reason why I have trepidations towards oh, absolutely. picking David Ross. Um, obviously fair. the Brewers were under 500 a year ago. So we will yeah. see yeah. what happens. Um, but Jared, any last thoughts on the NL central before we wrap this thing up? You, you know, it, it, once again, it's, it's used to be one of the strongest divisions in baseball top to bottom. The Sands, the Pirates. And a couple years ago, when everybody was good, that was great to see. Um, you know, like we said, we already made our predictions on it. I still think the cards are going to run away with it. It's their division to lose. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll just have to see how it plays out. Now, I I believe we'll get 150 games in this year. Teams will get roughly 150 games in. I think 12 or so over under are going to get postponed or canceled, and they're not going to make them up. Um, so I really don't, you know, with everything in the pandemic still happening and new variants coming out week after week and people being silly with not, you know, doing what they're supposed to. And 
we'll, we'll see. It's still going to be an interesting season. It's not going to be the, you know, everybody, oh, you know, they they won the World Series in 2020. You should have an asterisk. No. No, not you at still, all. You, you, you still did it. You still won a championship. Get over it. Um, so, but it, we'll just have to see how baseball in general plays out here, especially it's going to be great to have fans back in the stands, um, albeit small at first. Um, it's really going to be a push for the Pirates or the Marlins or another team like that to get 20% capacity in their stadium because, let's be real, they don't get that normally. Um, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, it'll be exciting. Um, we hadn't had the the Will Games be postponed conversation. I am a little more optimistic that they'll get get things in. You know, I think the, the seven-game doubleheader, I think that's still in play. I need to double-check that, mm. but um, – I feel like we saw we saw baseball get it in where certain teams didn't play a full sixty mm-hmm. game slot, so there is that precedent now of not getting it all in. Um, but I feel like until probably the middle of August, they'll do their best of trying to make games yep. up sooner rather than later. Yep. The biggest caveat obviously becomes the fact that they're playing everybody and seeing how yeah. that all goes. Uh, so running through that, we'll just have to see how it all happens, but. Agreed. You know, I think seeing the vaccine roll out and seeing people get it will certainly help. So it'll, it'll be fun um, not to end yeah. it on a sour note. but No, no, no. Well, we still have umpires to talk about. Yes, that's right. Yeah, you wanted to come back to that. Please talk to me about umps. Yeah, yeah so um, I don't know if it's just all officiating in all the major sports leagues this year, but it all sucks. It is horrible. In my opinion. Hockey um, and basketball you... have been extra horrendous. Well, I've, I've really enjoyed with – Baseball recently, I don't know if it's agreed upon or whatever that they're only doing a pitch count in some games or the Pirates have played five innings. It was like Little League Mm -hmm. um, one day for them. They only played six. But there was a play at the end of the Pirates and Phillies a couple weeks ago. I don't know if you saw it where the guy for the Pirates, he hit the third. The throw was high. So he the first baseman jumped up. And this has happened to me several times as first base. When you come down in the baseline, you get you get trucked. Okay. Still had the ball, everything like that. The guy tumbles, who was the Pirates player, he tumbled into fair territory. The pitcher for the the um, I think it was Rodriguez for Phillies, tag goes, tag him, tag him, tag him. The umpire called him out and they walked off the field. Shelton's yelling at him and all that. They they said that that was an attempt for him to go to second base. The Pirates were about to come back to against the Phillies. And I'm sitting here thinking, hold up. He tumbled because there was there was a collision. How was that at any point? Because the, the base coach picked up his helmet and handed it to him, and he was walking in fair territory. Well, Why so- wasn't a dead ball time called? Because they both players were on the ground. I, I don't I don't know what the umpiring is this year. You know, Angel Hernandez, our, our friend, has been in rare, rare midseason form, you know, calling balls down the middle and shit like that. It, it, to me, it's I don't understand why the officiating has been so bad this year already. Yeah, and uh, that's an interesting one. I did not see the play. Yeah. That, um, I don't know if that's a lack of training or if that's a you get a gun to your head call and you call a guy out and you're just thinking, let's get out of here. It's spring training. Let's uh, yeah. escape the craziness of Florida as soon as we can, or at least of this area of Florida. Um, but yeah, that's, I don't know. It, it has been bad across the board of just not necessarily the umps wanting to make it their show. Cause that's always mm-hmm. the joke that's made of, of egregious calls. 
whether it be technicals, whether it be yep. using Angel Hernandez as, as the ultimate experience for baseball of just calling crazy balls and strikes or calling mm-hmm. whatever and kind of making a spectacle out of himself. It is nuts. So I don't know. It is something maybe to just keep an eye out on, especially if yeah. you're obviously if it's your team that's happening to that, that'll just throw you off fucking edge. But if you're gambling, if you're doing whatever it's yeah. it can be all over the board. I mean, there were six technical fouls called last night in the Sixers Clippers game, which is absurd to think Dwight Howard got kicked out of his second straight game. Like it's nuts of just how crazy this has all been. Obviously there was the whole, I wanted to call fucking call penalty on Nashville. The makeup call thing that happened in the NHL. Oh yeah. That's oh, all. There's a lot of crazy stuff happening with umpiring and officiating in general. So that's, you know, it, it's just, it's a really good thing that you brought that up. Cause it's completely crazy to think about. And the fact that it's not NFL officiating being, you know, what's pass interference, that whole thing yep. that it hasn't been that it's the other three. It's just crazy to think about. Yeah, and, and that's where it's just like, okay, come on now. What, what What's going on here? Especially with, you know, I've, I've been in that position before where you've had to make calls as an official, be it in youth baseball and softball, men's league softball, co-ed softball like we play in down here. you got to make the right call. But just, you know, and, and granted, I was with my buddy at, at a, at a, at a uh, location down in Pittsburgh having a beverage watching the game and we're watching it. And it's just like the pirates had just hit a grand slam the inning before to get it close. They had a guy on third, a guy on second, they got moved over with this play and the umpire calls him out. I'm like, that's not an out. How, how, at what point did he make a move? Come on. Well, that's the, that's the thing that you then have to explain to somebody of like, you know, it's a, did they break the plane? Did they make a football move to use football as an example of like, it should be as simple as fan, random fan, not a diehard baseball mm-hmm. fan like you and I are, of, and same thing in football, just random fan or someone who doesn't even like sports and be like, did he move towards second base? And they go, no, it does yeah. not look like he did. It should be as simple as that, but it's not. It's a, they want to make the whole thing about them and all this crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, it's true. I mean, it, it's, it's different if you're never a part of that fraternity. And I mean, even though I was very, very small part of that fraternity as an official, like there has been times where it's come down to my call made or break a championship game and you don't want to be wrong with it. But even in spring training, it's like, even if you're a young umpire, I mean, you saw a couple times last year with young umpires, you know, quick, you know, Joe West trigger figure um, where I did not know if you knew that, but Joe West is in the naked gun. Is he really? He is. He is a young Joe West. And Leslie <laughs> Nielsen throws him out. That's incredible. Because Enrico Palazzo was the umpire. And if anybody doesn't know that, you go go watch The Naked Gun. It's great. Great um, movie. Great movie. It is. It is. But yeah, man, I mean, it's. Uh, I'm hoping it gets better. I hope there's more. And it's hard to get into it because it's years of officiating to get you to that point. And they make mistakes. And we, we've seen perfect games, calls get blown and all that. And it, you know, you just you just really hope people don't take it to the next level where there's any threats or something like that because of the gambling or just because they're a fanatic. Um, to use the true sense of what we are as fans, we're fanatics, and and that's the wor- that that's the worst part that I always when it comes to it. But you know, just something that needs to be brought up early on. Certainly to watch. No, 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 it's a really good call. Um, but I think that'll do it for this episode, Jared. I appreciate you coming on, man. This was yeah, buddy. Last. 
no, I'm, I'm happy, happy to be back on and all that. And, uh, you know, we'll see what, see what happens here. We're also seeing our other love sports of hockey, what's going on. Um, since it was kind of rainy and dreary today, I don't know if you got to watch, uh, the, uh, the WGC match play that, that was exciting to that watch was today. Fun. I, uh, um, I was keeping an eye on it on Twitter and Instagram. I was watching the college okay. basketball. I've been pretty tuned into it. So if you've been a diehard Instagram follow of the Thunder blog and why I haven't been doing previews of it all, it's uh, mainly been March Madness's fault. I've been watching a lot of college basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, that's always one of my favorite tournaments. I mean, what an awesome track that uh, oh, yeah. Austin Country Club is. And Absolutely. In a year that not a ton of guys that are the – obviously there were big names in the finals, but – um, that like the top seeds from their groups, only one of them won, right? That yeah. it ends up being this incredible tournament where guys who, I mean, keep an eye out on some of those names for a Ryder yeah. cup or for a president's cup. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Cause it usually, that's usually what ends up coming back around. Like Lucas Bullegard, mm-hmm. I think that's how you pronounce his name. He's Norwegian. He ended up being the Ryder cup when it was at, uh, the, I'm going to mispronounce it. The Paris country club is basically what it's called. Okay. Paris golf club. But um, okay. he was he was a, a huge name in the match play, and these are guys that you kind of you look back on the tournament. You're like, oh shit, that guy whooped Justin Thomas's ass or whatever it is, and it's just it's fun. And then you kind of have that name back there. If you play DFS, one specific one that I use does it, and it's a fun format to do comparatively to just championship style stroke play because you do have a little more skin in it where. They're flipping mm-hmm. between different stuff and, and going through it. It's just a fun format, and I don't know. The you know, the PGA used to be match play. It'd be fun to see this adopted. Obviously, it's a WGC, so yeah. it's you know nobody ever calls them the sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth majors of the world because they're just a different thing than the PGA Tour technically. Uh, I mean, but it would be fun to see. It'd be fun to see a major be a. P- be match play the u.s amateur obviously is it'd be fun to see Mm -hmm. the u.s amateur go back to its prominence that it once was especially because now it really does feed so many different Mm -hmm. guys into the tour whether they're americans or Mm -hmm. otherwise it's you know it's fun you got you got kevin not telling dustin johnson showing him you know this is actually the length i didn't concede it you can't pick it up you got sergio garcia getting into the getting into the next round on a walk-off i was about to say his hole in one that was incredible The best um, though is he didn't realize it went in. So if you didn't see yeah. this, it was on the fourth playoff hole, and it has the nice little vacuum suck back into the hole, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you see like the you see it go in, and then Sergio's kind of doing the Sergio you know resting bitch face that Sergio has. He's mopey. He's like Eeyore. It's mopey. It's just this kind of face, and he sees it go in, and he's it kind of has that. Are you not entertained aspect as he looks yeah. back on these Texans? It's incredible. It's just such a fun tournament because it is yep. big names as well as the names that you will hear. And it's an yep. awesome format. It, it was. And, 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 you know, not to spoil it, but congratulations to Billy Horschel for, for pulling it out today. Um, you know, it was that's a ton of golf. You know, you're doing two days, what, 36 holes back to back. Yeah. So um, for those not, that don't know, it's five days instead of regularly four. You play three matches, yeah, yeah. you're guaranteed. It's group play, like the World Cup. First three days, you play the three other guys in your group. The winner of your group, so it ends on Friday, the winner of your group goes into the weekend. And as Jared just alluded to, it is a 16-man tournament over two yeah. days, meaning that you're playing, if you go all the way to the finals or to the third-place match, because they have that, yeah. you are playing 
72 holes of match play over yep. two days, which is absolutely insane. I've done 18 stroke and then another 18 match. I did that last summer. Um, and then if I ever in a tournament, another member guest that I play in, if you win in the morning, you play again in the afternoon. 36 holes in general is a grind if you're walking. And mm-hmm. if you're doing it twice over the course of a weekend, I can only imagine that. But if you're doing it in Texas, it's starting to get yep. hot down there. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine how you're feeling, especially with that course of just the pressure that puts on. If you've mm-hmm. never watched this tournament, check it out next year. Or go Google the course. You you have all of these because you play it right on the river in Austin, mm-hmm. the river that flows right through the city. Uh, mm-hmm. and right in that leads right into the big ass lake that's in that area. And there's all these different holes. You'd, you'd think that you're playing in the middle of Florida, that you're, yep. you have these praying, Oh my God, shots that are over water. It's just an yep. incredible course that if you're not careful, you know, the, you, you and me's of the world that are, you know, we, we shoot whatever we would on a PGA tour level course, you know, you're, you got to play a lot more conservatively. So you, it's just another course, oh, yeah. obviously outside of your Augusta's, your, you know, winged foots, your Harding parks. I'm just naming major yeah. spots from last year, but you know, that, that make you appreciate how good these guys are. And this is one that they've now played this tournament for, I think they played it since 2016. So this is the sixth year. It's actually fifth year. Cause last year didn't happen. Um, but it just makes you appreciate how good they are. No, it's true. And we'll do two closing thoughts here. One with the golf. It definitely isn't the thunder cup. Cause if you want to see stroke and match played, it's finest. Folks, that's if we ever get on the Oak Show, that is definitely worth worth the the two dollars that you'd have to pay for that. Seeing Team Blue versus Team Red, <laughs> um, uh, and Matty D, you still I don't know who you are, but we we've, we've won some things together. And then lastly, Jordy, it didn't happen this weekend, unfortunately. However, um, if you tune in tomorrow at noon, and then at four o'clock, they will be having the dirt race at Bristol. First, the Truck Series at noon. And then at four o'clock, the cup series. So they, they filled Bristol Motor Speedway in with dirt. They took the banking from 26 degrees to 19 degrees. And with all the rain they had over this weekend, it actually flooded the creek that I've walked over before down there um, pretty badly. So trying to get into this uh, the Coliseum because that's what it looks like. Uh, but you're going to have NASCAR uh, cup series and Camping World Truck Series vehicles with uh, groove tires um, dirt racing tomorrow at Bristol. So if you if you're at home, if you're lucky enough to work from home, throw it on in this the background. This is the big ass Bristol something... Motor Speedway in Tennessee, yeah, South Virginia. It, yep, it's uh, something that hasn't happened since 1970. NASCAR racing on dirt. I mean, the Truck Series has since 2013, I believe, at Eldora Speedway, Tony Stewart's track that he bought. Uh, but with NASCAR, with their regular cars, not much has been modified on them. Racing wow. on dirt, it's going to be a hell of an experience tomorrow. That is incredible. I mean, that's got to be awesome to watch. I mean, is there is it, not to sound completely ignorant, but is that a yeah. you're expecting way more crashes because guys are trying to drift through it and that kind of stuff? I'm. I mean, if if folks go to their local bull rings, I don't know how many NASCAR contingent, maybe three people that listen on here for when we have our NASCAR talk. Um, you know, it's it's a quarter mile, and you know, you're getting into the turn, you're turning the wheel you're turning the wheel left and you're turning it right. So you can drift through the corners. Um, you know, the champions, they're not seen as the favorites to win. You're looking at people uh, like Kyle Larson, who's won two races already this season after he's gotten back into NASCAR after having an unfortunate uh, racially biased incident last year during iRacing that he actually lost his ride. 
Um, and Hendrick Motorsports brought him back. He had a, a hot mic. You know, we talked about the NHL before, but, you know, he's lucky to be back in the sport. And he himself Jeez. is also a member of the minority community. Um, you know, he's had a resurgence. He's a favorite to win. Um, you have Christopher Bell, who's a rookie. Uh, well, not a rookie, but is his first season with Joe Gibbs. And he's a favorite and he's younger. Um, you know, your Brad Keselowski is the world. Your Joey Logano is your Denny Hamlins. They're fast, but they're not necessarily going to win. Um, in the truck series, you have the first time, for only the third time in NASCAR history where a, a husband and wife could be in the same event together, the feature event. Um, not since I want to say it was Elton Sawyer and uh, uh, Patty Moyes or Moise um, that you've had that in NASCAR. And I'm not sure what the other couple was before that, but there's a lot of different storylines. The track's supposed to dry out. Um, it's if you have the time tomorrow, dude, if you have a couple minutes, turn it on because it's definitely going to be wild to, to see that track, which by itself um, is an, an experience to be at. I was lucky enough to go in 2015 and be a part of it. It was one of the last race I went through with my pap. Um, but it's a whole new thing. You know, NASCAR this season with the seven road courses and things like that that they have. Um, it's a different season, but they're trying to bring people back to the sport and do things differently. Solid. That's awesome. Yeah. That'll be fun to see. So, uh, all right. Well, that will do it for this episode. Everybody, let us know what you thought. Let us know whose team you think is better in the fantasy draft. Eventually, Jared, I've forgotten to post the other four that we've done. There was not one mm -hmm. for the NLS. Spoiler alert if you haven't listened to that one. Basically because while having three different people, we determined that it was going to be tough to have not just all Dodgers and Padres in that one. So we decided not to do it. Slash it was late and we uh, had run out of time. But eventually I'll post all these for people to vote on. Follow the Thunderblog, thunderblogsports.com, the bullpen card, wherever you get your podcasts. ThunderBLG on Twitter, Thunderblogsports on Instagram is where you can get all my ranting and hollering about the Flyers. And we'll probably get back into golf this week, the golf previews and recaps. Um, this will probably do it for this uh, week's tour event. But get back into it since the tournament's starting to uh, reach its crescendo. And mm -hmm. anything else that I feel like rambling about. I have to figure out what I'll do with Philly's ramblings because I'll have a lot of them as the season goes on. But, Jared, thank you again, man. This was a absolute blast. Happy to be a part of it as always, buddy. All right. Well, for Jared Barnes, I am the G-Man. Everybody have a great week. Sunday night drop. That means a Monday night release or Monday morning release. So everybody have a great week. Be safe and go Phillies. And have a wonderful Easter. See you guys later.